0: Welcome to distractions. This is Mitchell Crawl. Here with me, as always, Benson Anderson. How you doing, Benson?
1: Good, Mitch. It's Good. our extravag- It's our second extravaganza episode.
0: That's true. The first one is the Kaufman extravaganza.
1: Oh, so it's our third. Wait, then what are you? Let's thinking? count the first one as an extravaganza. Oh, that the was, first. That episode. was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, our intro extravaganza. Yeah. Okay, I think we fair.
1: should do this though when there when there are like decently big releases coming out yeah. of like larger pieces of work. We should talk. I mean, we should fo- have a have a more focused episode on on the legacy of that larger work.
0: Yeah, I think we just like we have. We should be able to talk about whatever we want. We should our our cycles as a guideline, right, right. But right. that, but then we can do whatever we want. And and right. I think. I don't know if this is going to take the place of our regular movie podcast or not, but before we get going into the extravaganza, I know we had some movie stuff we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I don't
1: think it will because we're going to have to talk about Fantastic Beasts and probably Widows next week.
0: That's true, that's true. As soon
1: as possible, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, last week, we both saw, together... We did. Uh, <laughs> we saw Overlord.
1: Yeah, directed by Julius... Julian Avery.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, um, that's right. Julian Avery. But he's like a no-name.
1: Yeah, a, no, a no-name... Oh. No, actually his name is Julius Avery. Oh. Um, yeah, basically a no-name produced by JJ Abrams. It's um, credited as a American war horror film.
0: Yeah, horror is a strong word for it.
1: I would think so too. I also think yeah, I yeah, I think horror is a strong word and I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a war movie. Either. I think it's a war movie. Okay. Okay. I think okay. it's a war movie.
0: I I think it's, it like, if it's horror, it's because it's got that body horror stuff in it. Yeah. Like, it's got the weird, like, grossness to it. Yeah. But uh, if, if horror implies scary, then I don't think this necessarily qualifies as horror.
1: Yeah, this isn't really a scary movie. No. Um,
0: no. No. And, and and you're you're listening to a couple of people who are kind of you know scaredy cats. Yeah, we don't movies. and we don't
1: we don't love scary movies and this this wasn't this wasn't very scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of times where you and I were both like,
0: "It's gonna be a jump scare," and yeah, <laughs> and
1: then it was, and we were okay.
0: Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was a uh, it was a war movie, in the sense. No, I th- I you know what? I'm gonna take that back. It was completely a war movie. It's about Nazis uh it's about nazis being evil it's it's uh, a great message in 2018 yeah, yeah nazis yeah. are bad that's a, mes- a message that we need apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> well, uh in case,
1: the other 90 movies about world war ii didn't hammer that home right nazis right. are bad
0: right but these nazis are especially bad because they're uh, i don't want to give too much away but, they're, but you uh, know
1: that they're making zombies
0: they're yeah they're doing experiments on the yeah. villagers you've,
1: you've kind of you you picked that up so um, that's fair
0: that's fair if you've watched a preview Yeah,
1: um, this movie to me is like the epitome of like a 7.9 out of 10, you know, (laughs) because it's like, you can't quite put it in that B range yet, but it's not like, it's not a C movie either, because I feel like it was, well, I mean, I thought the performances were pretty good. But yeah. from mostly no names. I mean, Wyatt Russell aside, but only because he really sort of just has his dad's name.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and I've seen him around.
1: He's been in some indies.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, definitely a movie that I'm trying to get you to watch. Everybody and wants I some. I will, yeah, I will. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, not,
1: I'm not arguing. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> We're just trying to find the time. <laughs> right.
0: But, 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 yeah, he's in Everybody Wants Some, which is the great uh, uh, Linklater movie. And he was in uh, 22 Jump Street. That's, that's, right, that's, that's, that's right. where I first
1: saw him. Um, but, yeah. Jovan Adepo, Matilda Olivier, yeah. John Magaro, Gianni Taufer. i mean, people I've never heard yeah. of before. I i would seen the bad guy before in something.
0: Oh, interesting. Pilo
1: Pilo Asbeck. Oh, he's Euron Greyjoy in oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. Oh
0: yeah yeah yeah. I saw that after. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and then the other person I'd seen before is their uh, their sergeant, their like commanding officer in the very beginning was in Fargo season two.
1: Oh okay, which... I had seen him before, but I couldn't—I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, tell you. Why. Also
0: excellent. So got some random people in it but I think we both liked it. I I I'm going to say it's a B movie in terms of like you know it's Style. it's yeah, it's definitely a B movie. It's uh you know that's it takes this thing that happened mm-hmm. 80 90 years ago and and transforms it into a gross weird good movie. Yeah. That's, I think it like defines what a B movie is. The
1: um the the timing of it I think is strange. I know you don't pay too much attention to like when movies get released. Okay. But this felt a lot like a delayed summer movie of like you just go and you know you're maybe a little drunk like we were and you just sort of like sit and watch it. Yeah. And you don't expect to learn anything. You don't expect like a uh, an amazing script or, or something that like blows you out of the water.
0: Right. Um, it's what we snobs call, and when I say we, I mean I, not you, uh, popcorn movies. Just like, sure. oh yeah, you enjoy this movie, you're not gonna take anything away from it in terms of like morals or values other yeah. than Nazis are bad. Uh, but it was just an enjoyable watch. But there
1: are also popcorn movies that like are really good and mm-hmm. this isn't one of
0: them. That's fair.
1: Um did you, you like the main you, you guy? You know I love Baby Driver. That's a popcorn movie that's really good. That's true. I'm gathering that Widows is a popcorn movie that's also really good. That's true. Um,
0: yeah, that's fair. These, uh, Yeah, this is like one of those like Gerard Butler yes. entertaining to watch. Yeah, but better. To, I right? think this yeah. is
1: better than a lot of Gerard
0: Butler movies. I haven't seen Hunter Killer and would like to.
1: I heard it was not good. Not as good as this, at least.
0: But, yeah, but it's going to be fun.
1: You know, Gerard Butler has like... A one line role in Tomorrow Never Dies, I didn't
0: the James know Bond that. movie from like
1: '99 or something. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, I was watching it. Um, I had, a, I had the Blu ray collection, and I was like, Is that Gerard Butler? <laughs> I, <sort of> pa- <laughs> I sort of paused it, and there he was.
0: What's Gerard Butler even famous for? Like, I, re- I think my first experience with Gerard Butler was uh, in this in The Bounty Hunter, which is like a terrible rom com with him, yeah, and Jennifer Aniston. A comedy
1: movie. Um, yeah. I remember that he was he did that, and he was also in the Phantom of the Opera movie. Right. Um, yep. He, I,
0: I'm on his uh, his filmography right now.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else can I name? I think is all I can remember for him from.
0: L- name, name as many Gerard Butler movies as you can.
1: Was he in Hansel and Gretel with Gemma Arterton, or was that Jeremy Renner?
0: Uh, Hansel and Gretel. He's not in that, so presumably it was oh. the other person. It's Jeremy Renner.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he... Famous movies that he has been in are The Bounty Hunter. You met. You hit Phantom of the Opera. I think his big famous thing that we're both forgetting is Three Hundred. Oh, yeah, he duh. was the main character in Three Hundred, right, and that's right, right. he's really apparently kind of riding that still because he has not been in a good movie.
1: Yeah, just he, like goofy action movies or
0: yeah, Olympus has fallen. Three Hundred yep. sequel. Law Abiding Citizen gods of egypt don't remember that one yeah oh i and he was in how to train your dragon which i think people like oh yeah
1: he was the dad i think yeah um gods of egypt i think was like a january release this year or last year yeah like post-award season when no one's going to see movies or it's like, like yeah we'll just try and sneak this one in there and uh, <laughs> Do you remember see when what they,
0: happens yeah it's like when they remade uh the the perseus movie the clash, oh, clash of, the, of titans. the titans yeah with yeah. sam worthington yeah yeah <laughs> Not very Sam nice. Worthington, another person who's famous for one movie, for, yeah, Avatar, and kind of.
1: Yeah, and then he just sort of did more like action movies yep. like that. And Man,
0: he, Sam Worthington and Gerard Butler are kind of the same. Kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think Sam Worthington doesn't have a musical on his resume, so that's pretty. That's that's, true. that's in Gerard Butler's favor, but I don't think anyone's going to hire him to recapture his performance in the Venom of the Opera movie because it was less than stellar.
0: Now I'm curious about Sam Worthington. This is. We're changing the name of the podcast to "Welcome Distractions." To uh, Mitchell what, looks up filmographies. Where affairs. in the
1: world is Sam Worthington?
0: <laughs> uh, yes, the uh, Sam Worthington is slated for four movies in the upcoming years. He Interesting. Is, yes, you want to hear what they are? Avatar.
1: Avatar three
0: avatar 4 avatar 5 absolutely that's exactly (laughs) what he is slated for he was apparently in hacksaw ridge which i didn't see in meant to.
1: oh he is in hacksaw ridge that's right he's their sergeant
0: yeah and that looked good although i kind of i kind of wanted to see it and i think i didn't get around to it because it's a you know a mel gibson joint and that's not my jam
1: yeah i bought it on dvd so now every time i rewatch it i feel like i'm not giving him any money i didn't see it in theaters i bought it on dvd it's pretty good yeah it's pretty um it's interesting because it's a movie about a pacifist that like is at its best when it's the most violent.
0: Interesting. It's uh Andrew Garfield too, right? Yeah, he's really good. Cool. I feel like I actually recently rewatched The Social Network. I love and, that movie. Yeah, that movie's great. And uh, I DVR'd it and uh, Andrew Garfield's great in that movie. Andrew and Garfield
1: I don't think has ever delivered a bad performance in any movie I've seen.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I The don't Spider-Man movie Spider-Man, are bad. <laughs> yeah. but I think
1: I think he's fine.
0: Yeah, the Spider-Man movies are what's bad, not him. Yeah. Yeah, has he done anything recently?
1: Uh, The last thing I saw him in was Silence.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. That was a hard movie.
1: Yeah, I'm never going to watch that movie. No,
0: (laughs) never, ever. And I recommend it to people. Yeah,
1: it's really good, I'm never going to watch it again. No,
0: no interest. (laughs) Apparently, he was in that movie Breathe, which looked pretty good. Oh, no, I'm confusing it with something else. Uh, I don't know what this is. Uh, I don't think it got great reviews. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't any, he, uh, and he's done one thing this year that I don't know what that is either. Interesting. So he, uh, yeah. He's kind of disappeared.
1: Which is sad. Yeah. He was kind of an, an up, up and coming kind of movie star almost.
0: Yeah. I, I, maybe he he's was
1: doing like legitimate stuff.
0: I think he's been doing a lot of stage acting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's been I, doing I, a lot of stage acting. I heard
1: about that. He was in, um, um, not Angels in the Outfield. Angels in America. Angels in America. Yeah. <laughs> Those are extremely I different. Was, no, I was trying to think of like, I was like, it's not Angels in the Outfield, but I was thinking of something <laughs> like something blank angels. And I was like, why could that possibly be? But it's Angels in America. Yeah. I
0: think if you want to offend the most people possible, you should make Angels in America in the Outfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to do that. So. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny though. Okay. Yes. Back to, back to the movie talk.
1: Yeah. Back to Overlord. Yeah. Um, this is uh, in in sort of a strange year for like popcorn movies I think this is a this is a a go see it at yeah. like, at like matinee price maybe um
0: I mean the thing that's refreshing about this movie is it like the only it, it seems like the only like um like new no not based on any IP yeah. movies is, are horror movies these days and this is not if you're not a horror person but want to see an original movie that might be a little creepy, this is a great one. Yeah. Like, I think this is something that people should see.
1: Yeah, the Wikipedia page says it's mainly inspired by Operation ZZ, which was a 2010 Belgian short film. Hmm. Um, and it's not making nearly as much money as I think it should be. Hmm. Um, and that might be because it's kind of a slow – it's kind of a lull in, like, movie release time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's made – made. It's made twenty point seven million to this point. I think it made about ten opening weekend.
0: Yeah,
1: um, against a thirty eight million dollar budget. Yeah, and it's it's pretty short. It's one hundred ten minutes. Um, and and yeah, again, but like you said, not a lot of, um, original or semi original intellectual property coming out this year in, yeah. in, in on the silver screen. So like, support that sort of endeavor of people making movies that nobody else has made before or not a sequel to something else. And and check it out.
0: Yeah, this is my last point on this movie, and it's something that you said that I thought was a smart comment that I wanted to bring up, which is basically this is a video game. This is a video game plot. Yeah, and it is. Not, it's a movie. It's like someone had this great idea for a video game, and then they were like, "Oh, yeah, maybe like maybe there's like a market inefficiency in original movies, so let's turn it into a movie instead." And yeah, I think that's what happened.
1: And it is very video gamey. Like, the, it's not. I, I hesitate to almost call it a war movie too because it's more like an action movie. Yeah. There's a, a point like towards the end of the movie and this is like pretty spoiler free, but like one of the characters is just mowing down Germans, like with one hundred percent efficiency. Like he's 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 got a sniper rifle and he's just like BAM BAM like that's just not how Springfield sniper rifles worked back in nineteen forty whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: But that was my only. I mean, it's it, it, you sort of leave your brain at the door, I guess.
0: Yeah, it was. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, it's not stupid, but like no.
1: leave your brain at the door because you're not gonna, you're not gonna have any sort of, like existential or or yeah. newfound experience.
0: Yeah, just a fun time. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have seen this movie if you hadn't been like hey let's go see this movie yeah
1: and if you and if you miss it in theaters like it's a good pay-per-view movie yeah it's a good like red box movie yeah um i'll HBO probably buy the dvd because i buy it i buy all the dvds yeah i reckon it'll go on netflix at some point because it's a jj J. abrams joint um so there'll be a nice like netflix afternoon movie or netflix evening movie like oh i wanted to see this in theaters or had limited interest in seeing it in theaters and didn't yeah. It, it'll, it'll be around, I think.
0: Now, the other movie that I saw, that, you know, quickly, before we get into our It doesn't have to be that
1: quick. It's okay.
0: Uh, it's definitely a me movie, not a you movie. <laughs> uh, was Can You Ever Forgive Me? The Melissa McCarthy about uh, Lee Israel. Uh, basic premise of the movie is that uh, Melissa McCarthy's character, Lee Israel, is kind of down on her luck because she's a semi-famous biographer, Uh, but she is not making any money, and her publisher won't give her any money either, so she turns to forging letters, like famous literary letters, and starts making money out of it and gets, you know, like soon the FBI is on her tail, and it's, you know. It was a really good movie. Um, It was weirdly paced, which makes me think that you would not like it as much, Mm, because I think that's more important to you. Yeah. Uh, although I I thought it I thought it, it was a it was a it kind of hampered the movie a little bit. I thought it was kind of slow, um, but Melissa McCarthy was fantastic and she definitely earned having this dramatic role. Um, I hope she doesn't go like the Steve Carell refusing to do comedies anymore route. I don't think she will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she was great in it, and you know if she turns up in another serious movie or two, I would not be upset about it. She was fantastic.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's one we'll, I think we'll look out for, probably around awards season.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about it. because There's a little bit
1: of rumblings for McCarthy to get a Best Actress nom.
0: It kind of reminds me a little bit of back in the... Do you remember the movie Foxcatcher? Yes. It was Steve Carell's first dramatic turn. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of almost like that. It's very... Okay, it's not quite as serious. Like, there are funny parts of... Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's similar in that, oh, this is a super serious role by a super funny actor, and it's impressive, so let's let's give it some hype. And I think, you know, I don't think it's going to be, like Foxcatcher, I don't think it's going to be a movie that we come back five years later. It's like, oh, my God, what a classic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, have you watched Foxcatcher again? I have not. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and then. And then just didn't. Yeah, I have no interest in seeing it again.
1: That's. A l- I think that's the case with a lot of Oscar movies. You think? Uh, it's, a lot of them are sort of like, well, like one stop shops. Like you come in, you, you you feel the experience that you feel, and it's it leaves you with a certain impression. And then like to go back to it is almost to like, I mean uh, I mean diminish it a little bit. I don't know. That's just how I felt sometimes with some more. Like, Oscar-baity movies.
0: Yeah, I agree. When there are movies that you'd call Oscar bait, that's how I feel. But then I there, I think there are movies that are recognized by the Academy randomly that are movies that I would come back to. Yeah. I, I may be in the minority in this, but I really loved A Shape of Water. I loved it. I thought it was a very enjoyable movie to watch, and yeah. I would absolutely watch it again. That's good. Um, but, like, I don't know, uh, 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 King's Speech... That yeah. was an Oscar Beatty movie that I have no interest in ever seeing again.
1: Yeah. I saw King's Speech, liked it. Yeah, again. No interest in seeing it again. Yeah. Saw it in theaters and I was like, it was really touching. Really good movie. Yeah. Don't yeah.
0: I think when a movie is Didn't like, miss anything. Yeah. A movie ta- when it, the the movies take themselves so seriously sometimes and they're mm-hmm. it's about a serious thing and there's no fun. It's like what well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed the King's Speech too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we'll we'll get into it. Okay, so the reason we're doing a Harry Potter um, sort of extravaganza um, focus um, in today's episode is because um, today is Wednesday, the 14th of November in two days' time. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, part two of J.K. Rowling's five-part, proposed five-part Fantastic Beasts series um, will release in theaters. It's getting released to sort of mixed reviews. Rotten Tomatoes has it, as a 50, ha, has it as a, at a 57%. Well, Metacritic has it around the same, like the f- like the 59 sort of range. Yeah. So um, I wonder if that that second number is maybe a bit more important um, because looking at Rotten Tomatoes and looking at the reviews, because I want this movie to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, the, the Rotten Tomatoes score was a little bit disheartening, but Rotten Tomatoes was taking like 2.5 star out of four reviews as rotten yeah. reviews. So the Metacritic score of 59 is actually pretty good. Most movies usually sit like, I mean, really good movies are really high up there. Yeah, but I, if but, you're
0: in the '80s, but you're Metacritic like can
1: really it. humble a score.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I, you know what? I anticipate that I will feel the same as I felt about the first one, which is it was enjoyable. And we'll I, get to it. And we'll yeah. get to it. And I, yeah, yeah.
1: The, the name of this podcast is Welcome Distractions. I'm very excited for like a nice. Sort of big, big budget, magical, like, distraction of a movie. Yeah. It's probably not going to change the world. Um, I don't know that this film series, however long it goes, is ever going to, like, blow anybody's mind. Yeah. Or make somebody who's not a fan of the source material a fan. Right. But.
0: And it's I not like, Harry Potter.
1: It's not Harry Potter. Which is, which is okay. Yeah. Um, she built a really nice world and she thinks she has more stories to tell in it. Yeah. And we'll see.
0: And I think that's probably true.
1: Yeah. I doubt that Warner Brothers came to J.K. Rowling and was like, yo, we need more Harry Potter. And yeah. she was like, okay, fine, here we go. I yeah. think this was very much a J.K. Rowling-David Yates like, collaboration.
0: To be fair, like those movies made bank.
1: They did. Yeah. I have the box office numbers up here because I think they're kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, So to start before we start ranking, and I think we're just going to start like ranking and talking about them in that capacity. Does that sound good to you? Yeah,
0: I think we should... We should go in order and talk about where we ranked them and then read off the final order okay. at the end. Okay. Just like start at start at uh, you know, number one.
1: So um, I'll start with the box office. How's that? Let's number do one it. in the box office was Deathly Hallows Part Two, the okay. finale. Uh, at three eighty one. That's 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 the gross. Yeah. Um, which seems kinda low. These movies have made two point four billion total, average two sixty five million at the box office. Um, second is Sorcerer's Stone with 317, um, Half Blood Prince with 301, then Part w- then ha- Deathly Hallows Part One with 295, Order of the Phoenix 292, Goblet of Fire 290, Chamber of Secrets 261, and Prisoner of Azkaban down in two at 249. Wow, so that's interesting. Yeah, and their their releases are inconsistent. Um, part Deathly Hallows Part Two was released in mid June, Sorcerer's Stone mid November, um, Half Blood Prince. Mid June, Deadly Hallows Part One. Mid November, Order of the Phoenix. Mid June, Goblet. Mid November, Chamber. Mid November, Azkaban. Mid June.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised they weren't all mid June.
1: Rather mid July, um, and then Azkaban was early June.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised they weren't all summer. These are summer movies. You know, these are these are fun movies. They're yeah. It's Harry Potter. Yeah, it's magic. They're
1: kind of holiday summer movies though like like Star Wars now gets released around the holidays.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a big enough thing. Yeah. yeah. I think
1: I, I think it is and there and there's enough um I don't know. They there's enough wintry stuff that that it makes some kind of warmer movie, especially movies. early. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that's the box office rankings. That's interesting that I think Deathly Hallow's made part 2 made the most. Um just cuz we'll talk about it later. Um <clears throat> I Don't think a lot of people. I I didn't feel like a need to see it again once I saw it the first time because I was like, it was over, and I was like, okay, you know, we can go back and like I'll watch it again as a part of if I want if I want to marathon these things or have a Harry Potter sort of watch and read. Um, I've sort of decided to make reading the books like an annual thing for me. Yeah, Um, I think
0: you're not alone in that. I think a lot of people do
1: that um, because they're real easy to read. Um, I got through the first two books in two days, like I said. Yeah. I think I, mean, I said that last
0: week. Yeah, and we ta- and we introduced kind of our history with Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, which is I stopped reading the books when I was a kid. And Do you know why? I was more interested in reading about baseball. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't I, – I I kind of stopped reading fiction fr- at a pretty young age. Okay. And, and uh, you know, it's something that I, I – re- I, I, I read some fiction, but I, I'm not the best at it. I, mm-hmm. I, I more naturally pick up a nonfiction book. So that's just that's just a hangup that I have, but I recognize how much they mean to a lot of people, and I'm not one of those people who's like, "Ugh, Harry Potter." Right. Because I, I have, I, I, it, you know, some of my friends who might even listen to this, I, I can think, uh, they're gonna be like, "Ugh, Harry Potter." Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And and to them, I say, who cares? It's fun. Yeah. It's these are fun. These these are enjoyable. A lot of people get a lot of pleasure out of them. I didn't love the books, mm-hmm. but I enjoy the movies because they're because fu- they're fun and it's it's and it's an event. It and it's a very
1: creative endeavor, and I think you have to at least celebrate that. It's a very imaginative and yeah. creative thing that maybe a lot of um, mediums, be they literary or or any sort of narrative mediums, sure. have since borrowed from a lot. Yeah, um, like the sort of young adult um, science fiction fantasy, for sure. Like the Pendragon series. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, like yeah. these, are very Harry Potter influenced things. And
0: and Harry Potter built this world that, like you kind of alluded to it earlier with the, uh, you know, these new movies that are coming out, mm-hmm. the Fantastic Beasts movies. The world is, I think, the big seller here. I think that's the seller for me. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is interesting. It it's a parallel universe. Uh, only thing that's different is there are these group of people that can do magic. Yeah. And it's like, what can we to tell here
1: and there are rules in play yeah i think we talked about this um during our first when during our summer movie review which is why i was like you know the more star wars the better Um, because there's a a universe there and it has its rules and like what stories can you tell within those rules yeah so it's always sort of exciting and interesting for me i never really feels like a cash grab or anything when an artist or a group of artists returns to a world that they've built with established rules and they're like maybe we've got more things to do here yeah um because the rules aren't necessarily inhibiting like what kind of story you can tell
0: yeah that's true i think i might be a little more cynical about it than you i think i do see it as a cash grab but i see it as an enjoyable cash grab Mm -hmm. like i would much rather see a new harry potter universe movie than a reboot of something that i don't care about yeah which i think is a a cash grab that's I mean, that's also a cash grab, and it's also bad. Yeah. And and I think that's the way kind of movies are going. I don't know. I don't want to be old man crawl over here, but, like, yeah, that's the way movies are going. I mean, no one's making their own thing anymore. And if if it comes down to reboot versus new story in an old universe, I'll take new story in an old universe, I yeah.
1: think. I think, I think what's, what's cool about the Harry Potter universe and, and the Star Wars universe and things such as that is – they don't need to be so they don't need to shake each other's hands necessarily like if you have if you have intellectual property rights over something like I don't know wizards muttering incantations and like certain things coming out of their wands you can set something in like the American Revolution that that like involves the rules that you have created and it doesn't have anything it doesn't have to have anything, have, have to have anything to do with Harry Potter or Hogwarts or Voldemort anything like that now would that work? I don't know. Yeah, I but I not the, so. the same thing is, but you can set it at any point in time. Yeah, because there can. ever there isn't like the inception of wizardry in this world. We we haven't learned about that, and there's a lore there, there. There's a lore here with like Pottermore and different things that J.K. Rowling has sort of thrown out there. Yeah, of like there's a history of who was Minister of Magic and the sort of like the history of horrors. The Dark Wizard Hunters, like, you could make a TV series about horrors, just like we've done with the Marvel now with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which has done, like, fairly well. You could look at it as a cash grab, or you could look at it as just an expansion of stories that you feel proud of and you want to make more of.
0: No, I agree with that. And that's, like, I'm sure we'll get into it, but that's kind of one of the appealing things about this universe for me, is just the amount of mythology, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what makes, not to spoil the rest of our podcast, but that's kind of what makes the bookends of these the series interesting to me Mm -hmm. because they are much more about the mythology of the universe than the middle sequence in my opinion yeah um so yeah i you want to get into
1: it yeah let's jump right in um so Uh, we'll start with harry potter and the Sorcerer's stone yeah do you have any
0: well do you have any do you have any general comments about the movie series as a whole
1: um one thing that i think you'll see my least favorite book is my second favorite movie and my favorite book is my least favorite movie. Uh-huh. I don't think these movies did a superb job of adapting their source material.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think they really wanted to be their own. I, it's interesting because I think the the book series is so much more of a series. These movies feel a lot more like independent movies okay. um, than maybe they should. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into more of the middle. I feel like there are points where the the movie does not acknowledge the events of the prior
0: movie. Interesting.
1: Um, and that might be because of director changes, screenwriter changes, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. So uh, we'll yeah. get into... Yeah. I think... Sure, yeah. I, 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 I want
0: a few comments. I think the music was better in the beginning.
1: Yes, I the totally mu- agree. The music
0: was fantastic in the beginning. I don't know why they moved away from it. I really don't. The um,
1: entire aesthetic I like more in the beginning than towards the end.
0: Yeah, it's different. And... and, and, and the movies, I, I use to put this in quotes, air quotes. They they kind of grow up with the characters a little bit, yeah. And, a little and for bit. better, or for worse, um, yeah. It it's it's like smaller scale evil in the beginning, whereas in the in the end, it's like oh, this is like an evil dude with an army. In the beginning, it's like, and it's affecting oh, it's the one entire person. world, yeah. Not
1: just the wizarding world, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the other comment that I'll make is that uh, you know, there's kind of this weird. Thing with the directors of the movies that mm-hmm. kind of makes them feel different or the same, and in, in different chunks, and it almost divides it into three parts for me with like one and two, three and four, and then five through eight.
1: Well, yeah, with yeah, because the, yeah, there are eight movies, well, nine, nine movies, and four different directors.
0: Did you rank? Uh, did you put? I uh, put Fantastic uh, Beasts. oh I didn't movie. put Fantastic Beasts in my rankings. So um,
1: where would it be? Uh, we'll, we'll get that out probably already. last. Okay. Yeah. Um, <coughs> It's not last for me. Um, And I think that might be why. I know Chris Columbus has stated that he was supposed to do all seven slash eight of these movies. Yeah. um, But just sort of backed away and was a producer for Prisoner of Azkaban, which was the first one that was not Chris
0: Columbus directed. Right. That was Alfonso Cuaron. Um,
1: Yes. um, A very good filmmaker. Yes.
0: He is the far and away the, the most accomplished director filmmaker. of these movies and yeah. uh it is no coincidence okay my ranking man okay we'll, we'll, see.
1: <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see
0: all right um, number one yeah
1: harry potter and the sorcerer stone
0: Soul came so out stuff. in
1: november of 2001 crazy no it came out it came out 17 years ago on friday and how many
0: books were out at that point Do you i know? think three see um let's see and, and, and I wonder, you know, we talked about this being smaller scale and kind of happier and, and a little more heartwarming. And I wonder if there were four books released okay. at that time. I wonder if this movie is the same, if it's released after the series, the book series is completely over because something tells me it would be darker if they knew the direction. And I think yeah. I think that works to its advantage, because I like this movie. This yeah, is, I like This, this movie is my too. number three Harry Potter
1: movie. Interesting. Okay, it's number six for me. Oh, wow. Um, I think, yeah. So we can talk about the good. The good, obviously. Hogwarts, the world, the music we talked about. I think Richard Harris is so Great. good. Yep. And he's an interesting story, because he didn't want to take the role, but his granddaughter right. said that she wouldn't talk to him if he didn't. I saw that. Um, <laughs> a, a tragedy, both for the world the the film world and for these movies i think when he passed away agreed uh, uh we'll, I, we'll get to that
0: also shout out to his son jared whom i Gandon. love yeah, yeah. Um, i love his son jared too so uh maggie smith she's great superb yeah um, robbie coltrane amazing alan rickman alan
1: rickman is great as well yeah um in hindsight i think the acting apart from like the big name actors like the kids i think are pretty bad
0: well they're young
1: it's very cute yeah. it's very like oh like they're, they're so little you know and right. and Clearly a, a little inexperienced. And I do think that the movie is and feels a bit long at points.
0: Okay. So my justification for it being three for starters, you know, this is, it's the know, start. Yeah. For it's starters, the beginning. For starters. It's, yeah. It's the beginning. And you know, I found memories of watching this movie as a little kid.
1: I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like just six years old. So it's
0: like, so it's almost hard to say, it's almost hard to look at them without any nostalgia. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things. And, and, you know, to if there were a Harry Potter movie to look back on nostalgically, it would be this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, it, it kind of introduces you to the Wizarding World with Harry. Yeah. So you get to see, you go from your own world and, and, and Harry's world, which is, you know, worse than mine. He lives with his terrible family. Right. And you get to see, you know, Diagon Alley and yeah. Mr. Ollivander. And, you know, there's a troll. And it's like, it's small scale, but yeah. it's like... You know, it's like this is our introduction to the world, and and I like it. Wingardium Leviosa.
1: Yeah, and and on on a larger plane, and like this might be reaching a little bit, but it does give a young viewer like the consistent hope that there is always something better for you out there. Yeah, like you could be in the worst situation with the worst family, like your parents have died, whatever it might be. If you're a young person, your parents are fighting; they're divorced. There's There's a world out there that's waiting for you. It might not be wizards and witches, but it doesn't. You know, you you are not how you are how you have come up.
0: Yeah, this is the only movie that I would describe as a happy movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. None of the other ones are happy. This one has darkness in it. Obviously, there's this is a story of good and evil as as a whole. So there's going to be darkness, but this is a happy movie. Uh, My favorite scene. Uh, and one of the most memorable scenes in Harry Potter, in my opinion, is the wizard's chess scene. Oh, very I think, good. I think that scene's awesome. Very good. Um, yeah, and, and and that's extremely memorable. And then, you know, there's the, you know.
1: There are so, yeah. there. this entire movie is memorable. Yeah. In a lot of capacity. And
0: that's why it was hard for me to rank much lower than three.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a tough time. This was the hardest one for me to rank, I think. Um, yeah. Just in terms of like if I were ever to be like, I want to watch a Harry Potter movie, I don't think Sorcerer's Stone is the first one I would go to.
0: May, yeah Yeah, it's almost a separate category.
1: And that's kind of the way I wanted to look at it. Because I I also feel like when you start watching Sorcerer's Stone, you're like, oh, fuck, no, i got to watch the other seven.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But like, you're not going to get that tingly feeling as much from those other ones. Like, Harry gets a sweater for Christmas, and it's his first
1: gift. He's like, I've got presents. And you're like, yeah,
0: man. It's a great movie. It's so happy. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple notes here, and the notes will get progressively worse as they go. So (laughs) you'll see. But fun fun things. Uh, You remember when the House Cup mattered?
1: Yep, yep, <laughs> that for the one movie <laughs>
0: Yeah, Gryffindor wins the House Cup
1: And some really, really sketchy scoring <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, that was great uh, Remember when Nearly Headless Nick was a main character? Yep, yep. John Cleese Yeah, John Headless Cleese Nick. They had a cast
1: for these movies
0: Yeah, uh, so part of it, we don't know Because only four books had been out uh, We don't know if Snape's good or bad Does yeah. the, mo- the movie doesn't know no, nope. we don't know. No one knows when you're watching this movie. We know that he's, he's is not the villain of this movie. We know by the end of watching, yes, it, we know that. Yes. But while we're watching it, it's like, who the hell is Snape? Yeah, uh, yeah. So and, and and then finally, my last note is fucking Quirrell. He's oh, terrible. yeah,
1: oh yeah, he's the worst, yeah. and and he's interesting too because, um, just his his backstory is interesting because he was, he was like out. On like sabbatical or something, and met like Voldemort's like person, and yeah, Voldemort like convinced him to like join his side. So like that story is interesting. Interesting.
0: Where did where did you learn that? Because I know I don't have any knowledge.
1: It's in the book. Okay. Um, he does a bit more of a monologue in the book, I'm okay. sort of saying like, "This is what this whole this is what I've been doing this whole time." Yeah. Um, which is like a very debut novel thing to do sure. for J.K. Rowling, but like a nice addition to sort of him um also in the book he doesn't turn into stone and crumble into dust Fair. harry doesn't murder him
0: you mean it's it's not the ori- okay sorry harry potter number one Sorcerer's stone and the final movie both have like the avengers fade into dust things in them which yeah. i really appreciate i just yeah. kind of when i was looking back on them is like hey look it's tom holland
1: what's yeah fading into dust what's interesting is that i don't I don't love that. We might be able to get to that, but like, what happens is um, Voldemort leaves Coral's body, and that takes so much energy out of him that he just like dies. Yeah. Um, and then the coolest thing I think about how Voldemort dies in the books is that he's just a person. Yeah. Like he just
0: dies. He just dies. Yeah.
1: He's just like a body. Yeah. Like, like lying there. It's no like big dramatic like I'm turning into pieces of paper and they're all fluttering away. Like it's just very much like Voldemort now. We know for sure he has not dissipated. This is his body. This is right. his being. He is dead. Because he's a human. Yeah. But – Yeah. He's well, a now human that the, that now that the twisted horc- himself yeah. into yeah. – And
0: now that the Horcruxes are all destroyed, he's a normal human. Yeah.
1: So we'll yeah. get further into right. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Wait. You know, last point. Yeah.
0: I really wish this movie was Philosopher's Stone in the United States, too. I also do, too. and that, oh. That's
1: also the book. The yeah. book made it the.
0: And they had to reshoot some scenes to put Sorcerer's yeah. Stone into it. Yeah, absolutely. That, like the the scene with the Voldemort. Uh, I was watching some YouTube clips and I saw one with Philosopher's Stone, Harry saying Philosopher, and one with him saying Sorcerer.
1: That's interesting. Weird, right? Yeah. Um, the story behind that is kind of odd. Um, I think Sorcerer's Stone has a nicer ring to it, it but does. I know that the actual item in folklore is called the Philosopher's Stone. Mm hmm. And it was based off of, like, an actual mythical object. That's cool. Yeah, J.K. Rowling didn't, like, totally make that up. Um, number, to so the second book yep. in, I mean, second movie in the series is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Where does this one land for you?
0: This is number five for me.
1: Out of eight, okay. What about you? This is number two for me.
0: Oh, wow. Um, so we kind of flipped one and two.
1: So here's what I like a lot about this this movie is, it's, is it sticks to the source material the best. Okay. And this is the movie that I was saying, this is my least favorite book interesting, in the series, but it sticks to the source material so well. I like that it's creepy. I like that it pushes you right into the action. There's no more introduction of things. You sort of learn as you go. Um, I like the additions to the score. I think the um, Fox the Phoenix theme is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, John Williams did some nice work here, although I'm pretty sure he recycles a track from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, during the Quidditch scene. Um, I guess my, my negatives are that it's 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 a bit long. It's the longest in the series. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't do a lot for the greater lore of the series.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is kind of a standalone. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I noticed when rewatching some some of these is they the and this is kind of back further when um you know this is back to my point about them the the rest of the movies and the books hadn't finished you know they hadn't come out yet. There, there's a bit of an inconsistency with killing Horcruxes, yeah, uh, which I kind of w- bothers me as a whole. Obviously, at the time, who cares? But like, yeah, when he stabs the uh, the, the the book, it starts bleeding.
1: Yeah, so which it's is bleeding, weird. Bleeding ink. Yeah. You think that's it's ink? I think it's ink. Okay. Because there's like ink stored in it to okay. like write back to people. So I think it's ink, but it, it could be blood. Who knows? I don't know.
0: I thought it was blood. That's how I took it. Yeah. Oh, back to the score thing sure. when he when he flips out when he writes out Tom Marvolo Riddle oh, and yeah. then it switches to I am Lord Voldemort. Yeah, really good. And shit. it's like na na. Nah. <laughs> yeah, 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 You're like yeah. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, you get the chills. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really good.
0: No, this is probably the movie I've seen the second most after the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it has actual stakes. I like that people are actually getting hurt in it. You know, Harry Potter's never in any danger. So, what's mm-hmm. the best thing to do? Let's go and hurt other people. Well, and which... let's
1: throw his whole world upside down, right? Like yeah. the barrier to the Hogwarts Express doesn't open. Hermione's you know, gone? Hermione's, yeah, Hermione's gone for like the entire finale. And yeah. she's like the brains behind the operation in the first one. Yeah. Um, it's nice. It's a nice sequel. Yeah. I don't think it does a lot for the greater series, yeah. but it's a very nice sequel. And as a movie, I think it, again, it stays closest to the book which is might be why it's so long um, but yeah I think it's really good
0: yeah but um yeah this is kind of I kind of like to think of these first three movies like final boss movies like there's like a final boss monster yeah there is yeah which is I kind of like
1: yeah, yeah there's definitely a final this is the most final bossy of those three uh,
0: I think the giant second I think snake yeah I think getting to uh Getting to Voldemort. Yeah, that's in the very first video. One's final that's boss. very video gaming. and but, yeah, because you start with like the the plant that yeah. like, eats you know that you have to like fall through and then the keys yeah. and then the chess and then like last boss is Voldemort. Yeah, and then it's kind of same here. Uh, one nice note about this movie that I liked: uh, Kenneth Branagh plays.
1: Oh, a, he's so good. Yeah, he he's is so really good at good playing a complete fool. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He's an awesome character and does a great job with that role. and Looks like he has a blast with
0: it. Yeah, I think that's my favorite part of this movie. I I, I just generally think this movie is like probably the most forgettable in the series. That's I fair. don't know. Yeah, uh,
1: for me, when I, I was like eight, when this, m- this movie came out, so yeah. it scared the hell out of me. So that's, that's why I don't. It I don't I don't know if it scared me, but it was very creepy. Yeah, you had this snake like
0: let me rip you. Yeah, like
1: fine th- I was like. This is creepy shit. And like the first book, and the first movie was kind of creepy, but nothing on this scale.
0: Ginny writing in blood.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not blood in the books, which is interesting. Oh, so that weird. was like a different, yeah. Um, it's just, just kind of red paint.
0: Part of me wants to read that as like, oh, kind of adolescence, you know, you're bleeding, like as a, as a woman, like becoming mm-hmm. a woman. And uh, part of me thinks that's we're reading way too far into well, it. <laughs> and, and
1: part of it could be, could be. I mean, the only the only evidence that you have that it's written in blood is Hermione saying it's written in blood. Yeah. And like, you don't.
0: Really that was a choice. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I could be wrong about the blood thing in the books. I know that there was something to do with like the roosters. It might have been like rooster blood or something. Hmm. There's a, there's some there's some di- different things here, but I, I could I guess agree with you that it's a bit forgettable. But I also think that. Um, it's a very nice sequel and um, does a nice job of, like, these are the, I think the first two movies are, while they're both standalone, I think they connect with one another maybe the best. I agree. Besides, I, like, seven part one and two.
0: This ends my first chunk. Like, one and two are, like, a separate thing. Yeah. three and four and then five to three. Um, um, my last point about number two is... Yeah. Uh, Harry's voice is changing in this movie.
1: They're all yeah, and Ron, Ron's is worse. <laughs> is it? Ron's, is, I didn't Ron's voice it. is cracking all over the place. <laughs> so that's all. That's fun too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure.
1: You want to move on? Yeah. All right. Uh, num, uh movie number three is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's
0: right. Where did you rank this? This is
1: number three for me.
0: This is number one for Whoa, me. Oh Alfonso Cuarón with that's number right. one on Mitch's list. That's okay. right. I so full disclosure. I haven't actually watched this movie start to finish in, in a while. Yeah. But it has always been my favorite one. Uh, it's, it's a lot of
1: people's favorites. You're not, you're not alone in that.
0: Yeah. It's the mix of old and new A lot in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still old. There's still the final boss, werewolf. Yeah. Woo! But it's, you know, kind of slowly starting to get into the greater plot arc mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's new. They stop wearing their robes. Yep. They start wearing street clothes, which is a interesting. bit more.
1: Yeah. They wear their robes in at times, and they wear street clothes at times too. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. Which is nice. I think.
0: I think you get iconic characters in Sirius and Lupin. Yes. Uh, and and great performances out of Gary Oldman and uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember who plays David this Thewlis. Week, but... Yes. Yeah. Um, David Thewlis. Um, yeah. I, I and and it's. And it it's advancing that larger plot, but also kind of introducing you to a greater Harry Potter world. You yes. got...
1: You learn a lot more about the world in this movie.
0: Yeah. Which I love. You got yeah. uh, Night Bus. You got Dementors. You Azkaban got as a... As, Azkaban, you Azkaban. Know. You got Marauder's Map. Oh, you the got best. The best item. Werewolves. I yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I'm blathering. Go That's ahead. That's
1: okay. Um, most of the things I don't like about this movie are where it deviates from the book. Um it looks really good, and it forces the characters to grow up. That's a that's a nice. Th- these are the positives. I think it's nice and creepy. Um, this, except, I mean, especially because Voldemort's not really involved. Yeah. Um, this is a much more human threat. Um, this is somebody who wants to kill Harry, quote unquote, um, and that's this is this is a a person, you know, with a with blood and a beating heart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, it sets the standard aesthetically for the rest of the series, for good, for better or worse. Um, It does have that sort of much. It's much grayer in general. Um, Emma Thompson's awesome. Yeah, as uh, Professor Trelawney, she's She's great. She's She's the best. Um, So I think what I don't like is that they didn't need to like redesign Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Um, There are just things that are in different places than they were in the first two movies. Yeah,
0: that's the kind of thing I'd never notice.
1: Um, I think Michael Gambon was an interesting choice choice to replace Dumbledore. Yeah, Um, I do think he's a bit too intense yeah um because he's a, he's such a goober in the books he's like yeah. this kind of kooky old guy
0: and i think um, that's like and
1: richard harris did that really really well
0: absolutely um, i think that's like the trope that he's playing to he's like the merlin type like old wizard look yes, at me yes yeah
1: um, and gambin is much more um like patriarchal um and sort of um yeah, he's very, like, he's very in charge, very on top of almost everything. And when he's not, when when, like, when the script deviates from him being, like, the headmaster, big, big kahuna guy, yeah. it feels a little bit ingenuine.
0: Interesting. I think I always feel that Dumbledore is a good force. Yeah. Like he's always, and I think that's the most important thing, that Dumbledore is, like, the ultimate good, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, Voldemort's the ultimate bad and Harry is trying to figure it out. That's mm-hmm. kind of, like, the point. And I think it still... Does, like, I think Michael Gammon does a good enough job with that. That, yeah. that it doesn't ruin it for me. But I agree with you that Harris is much better.
1: Yeah, I have a couple of, uh, of more, maybe, nitpicky things. Um, Expelliarmus, the spell, does three different things in the span of, like, five minutes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, makes Harry's wand fly out of his hand like a pencil, and then it sends Professor Snape, like, 7,000 miles through a wall. And then it has... It does the pencil flipping out thing again. Yeah. Um, Which is just kind of frustrating, because that sort of sets the weird standard of, like, what the hell do spells do? And the rules in the book are a lot more specific of, like, what each jinx or curse or hex does. Like, Expelliarmus makes your wand fly out of your hand. It doesn't send you flying through walls.
0: Right. It's kind of... And it... You know, this is... Again, I'm bad about not jumping ahead. Mm -hmm. But... It's kind of weird to me that, like, Harry never learns a better spell than Expelliarmus. Like, in the yeah. last in the last scene with Voldemort alive, Voldemort uses Avada... Actually, he doesn't actually say it, but it's presumed. It's Avada Kedavra. Yeah. And uh, Harry uses Expelliarmus. Like, haven't you learned anything in the last five years, man? It's it's touched on in the book a lot more that he feels very, like, attached to
1: Expelliarmus because it has saved him so many times. Interesting. Um, and he's not a killer.
0: Yeah, he doesn't he, have to use Avada yeah, Kedavra, but there are other things, right? I
1: suppose. There, there, are, there are, but yeah. It's more like an aggressive defense, Expelliarmus. Gotcha. Um, which I think is a nice blend for Harry, because he's always more of like an aggressive defender than an attacker.
0: Can't he do the legs twisting one?
1: Um, yeah, ten- Terran Telegra or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would work
0: on Valdi. That,
1: that, <laughs> that, that would set him back. He
0: definitely can't fly away. Oh,
1: um, the movie makes a lot of changes with the time-turner situation, yeah. okay. which makes the time travel really messy.
0: Okay. In the I, book,
1: it's just Harry conjuring the Patronus. That uh-huh. is the thing that happens in the future, in the present. Yeah. But in the movie, the future Harry and Hermione are throwing shit at present Harry, Ron, and Hermione, but like not saving Buckbeak. Yeah. And it's like, It just there are too many weird decisions being made about what future Harry and Hermione are doing in the present. Yeah, while it's happening, that they don't end up doing when they are the ones who are in the future.
0: That was confusing. Okay, I think I think I think it works for me.
1: So at, like the, 80, like, the 80% mark in this movie, the three of them are down at Hagrid's hut, and, like, yeah. Harry is getting hit in the head by rocks, right. which you find out are being thrown by Harry and Hermione in the future. Yes. But Harry and Hermione in the future are there to save Buckbeak, Yes, yet Buckbeak is not saved at that point in the movie.
0: Okay. I see what you're saying.
1: So there are decisions being made by future Harry and Hermione in the present that they decide—that they— that they no I'm sorry there are decisions that they aren't making in the present that they do make in the future yeah which is just it just makes it messy
0: okay I I, I always thought it worked. time
1: travels always messy
0: yeah time tra- yeah it's definitely messy but I I, I, I I thought it worked I thought it was nice and and sweet and and it's nice to see Hermione and Harry get some nice bonding yeah um, because they're definitely I mean I I don't think at this point we're like oh Hermione and Ron are definitely a thing, right? Uh, but you know, I, I think it's nice to see them kind of split off because you get Harry and Ron are like the two guy friends.
1: Oh then, yeah, yeah, that still happens in the book. I just think there there are weird additions to the the impact that future Harry and Hermione have on the present. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, the last thing. Yeah. Last thing. Hermione punches Draco. What That's a really scene. good. What a great scene. That's really good. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then like, we kind of say goodbye to Draco forever and ever. <laughs> after <Yeah>. This movie. <laughs> um, uh,
0: except everyone was obsessed with Tom Felton for a while. Yeah. He's a good looking cat. He's dreamy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Oh, you you want to move on? Sure. All right. Next up is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. Um, this is second to last for me, number eight.
0: This is third to last. Wait. Oh yeah, because you. Have I, nine.
1: I I added Fantastic Beasts. Yeah.
0: This is third to last for me, number six.
1: Um, the good. I think two of the three tasks are presented very well for the big screen. Yeah. Um, Brendan Gleason, I think is very good as Mad eye Moody. yep. Agreed. Um, and I think this is a very good Emma Watson performance
0: You mean Brendan Gleason's really good as Barty Crouch Jr. as Mad eye Moody.
1: <laughs> I want to get to that. Um, <laughs> Emma Watson is very good in this movie., um, and I think the characters and the actors are growing into their characters um, yeah. in general. I think Ray Fiennes delivers some really good lines in his debut yeah. as Valdi.
0: I have a I have a note as he announces his presence.
1: yeah, so let's so let's go with let's go with your goods about this movie.
0: yeah, uh, you know what? I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was, it, it, I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it, it's it's interesting because it's kind of a it's like, if three if if Prisoner of Azkaban was like the starting point of getting into the greater picture, this is the turning point. Yeah, this yeah. is when Ray finds becomes Voldemort. This yes. is when Voldemort is a living, breathing threat to Harry and his friends.
1: Yeah, no longer feeding off of others or unicorn blood yes. or anything like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I loved the scene in the graveyard. Uh, I love. I I I think that works really well. Uh, I think they. I think they do a pretty good job. Uh, I think Robert Pattinson does a pretty good job. I
1: like Rob Pattinson yeah. in this movie. And you know what? Very well cast.
0: Guess what? He's a good actor. He I, is. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: I I I completely agree. He's yeah. very good in this movie. Very yeah. well cast.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just don't think. Yeah, I I. It's not quite as dreary as the the next couple of movies, mm-hmm. and that's why it's six for me. It's not a fantastic movie, and I know a lot of book loyalists like hated this movie because it's very different than the book. It and is. I, even I know that as a non book reader,
1: and like sometimes inexplicably so. And yeah. I'll get to that.
0: Uh, yeah, my other notes are Fred and George becoming old to put their names in the fire is great. Oh yeah, great, great scene. Great, great scene. Any time with Fred and George is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is like when they start getting like, you know, teenage angsty a little bit. And yeah. you can tell like because all of their hair is longer, all the dude's hair is longer.
1: It was such a fad. It it's, was such a it was such a, a, a point of the time when this movie came out.
0: Yeah, it's great. Like everyone's hair is long.
1: Yep. And in hindsight it's real bad. It's
0: pretty funny. <laughs> so that's yeah. Yeah. My big thing about this movie is Mad Eye's great. Yeah, and, Mad Eye is excellent. And this is a turning point. And Ray Fiennes is great. Yep. And, so, and, and uh, Rob Pat is great. And this is the turning point in the series.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, m- bad for me, big um, continuity error between the movies. Um, Barty Crouch Jr. in disguise as mad Moody sounds just like him. And we learn in Chamber of Secrets that Polyjuice Potion does not affect your voice. Huh. Um, so that's a little annoying. That is annoying. Um, maybe unavoidable, but I don't think in the Chamber of Secrets book it's ever established that it doesn't affect their voice. I think in Chamber of Secrets movie, they were like, oh, it'll be funny if they still sound like Harry Potter, even though they're Crab and Goyle. Yeah. Um, and it just made this kind of messy. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't affect the drinker's voice. Apologies, Potion. Um, in the movies. Yeah. In the books, I, In the books, I think it does. I
0: think it should. I, I think from like a, a medical perspective. Yeah. Like, it, there's would no cha- re- it changes there's your no, vocal cords. Yeah, voice. there's no reason it wouldn't affect you your voice. You are physically a different person, so your voice should be different.
1: Um, there's no monsters in the maze. It's literally just a, like a corn maze, yeah. which I think is kind of lame. Yeah. Um, there are many obstacles in the maze, which I think are really interesting in the book.
0: Yeah. The um, biggest monster in the maze is Crumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he gets dispatched pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's not enough Sirius Black. Um, this movie like I buy that skips Sirius Black, mm-hmm. and it makes the n- events of the next movie a bit less substantial than they are. Yeah. Um, Sirius Black plays a big role in the book. He actually like stakes out in Hogsmeade. And like, in a cave, and they go and visit him and stuff. Um, probably would have bloated the movie a little bit. Yeah. But for the sake of the greater, like, perspective of the series, you needed that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I have few complaints about this. Um, there are characters in the book that are left out of the movie, but I think – generally they're replaced just fine. Yeah. Um you don't know that Barty Crouch Jr is still alive until he's revealed to be Matt I Moody at the end. Yeah. So like you see David Tennant who you know is like a big actor at the beginning of the movie and you're like, yeah. "Well, where the hell's where the hell did he go?" You know he's important. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um Goblet of Fire is the second worst movie for me just cuz I think that there are some like Inexcusable differences between this and the book that yeah. I think the book is better than the movie, but I think the movie could have followed the book better,
0: and there's no reason why it didn't. And this is a lot of people's favorite books. I yes, think. yeah, yes. I think I think this is, I think the events of this movie and by extension the book are the most interesting. I agree. Like, I think the Goblet of Fire is a cool story. Yeah, uh, and that and that may be why I. I think it's uh, not the worst.
1: And the Triwizard Tournament is like a cool concept.
0: Absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Wait, wait, gonna... wait.
0: A couple more sure. things. We we missed uh, in Prisoner of Azkaban, we missed Dementors becoming a thing. Yes. And the Dementors rock in that movie.
1: Yeah. They're really cool.
0: They're really cool. And they uh, they continue to be cool in this movie, I think. Isn't there one when he's flying around? Oh, I'm confusing it. No.
1: No, no Dementors, Dementors in this movie. Darn, um,
0: that was me snapping.
1: That's okay. Um, there's a there's a boggart in the maze of the book, but no Dementors in this movie. Right.
0: Which, um, take it or leave it. Yeah. Who played Barty Crouch Sr.? I was trying to figure this out. Do you know?
1: I do not know. I, and yeah. I haven't seen him in a lot of other things.
0: I was just curious, because it looks like it, it, he kind of reminds me in my memory of Burt Lancaster, but it's obviously uh, not. Roger Lloyd Pack. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I um, like him though.
1: Haven't seen him a lot. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of a creepy looking dude.
0: Yeah, I like him.
1: Oh, and of course the big thing we can't forget to mention is, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? And <laughs> he's supposed to ask calmly. <laughs> um, that's a, and oh, and not enough Rita Skeeter. Yeah, Rita Skeeter makes, like the series makes really. a big impact in the book. Yeah, and um, she sort of just dis- disappears after a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. That's sort just feels like a box that Mike Newell was trying to check. It was like, yeah. okay, we need Rhea Skeeter. Oh, okay.
0: That's the last thing. Mike Newell. What the hell? Yeah, I Why I was he I don't even know
1: who that is. Yeah.
0: I mean, Alfonso Coron makes sense. Chris Columbus, sure. And then uh, whatever, Yates, David Yates. Yeah. Sure.
1: Knowing like, and he probably didn't want to make any more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, and I think I would have been completely okay with them having one or two directors like if columbus did the first four and yates did the final four Mm -hmm. or if they did like standalone people like they did like you know prestigious directors like uh it's just weird to me that corone's here and then this random dude's here
1: interesting he's the first british director of these movies
0: that is interesting
1: um
0: okay number five all right
1: number five is harry potter and the order of the phoenix this is number seven for me. Out of this nine.
0: one's in the pooper for me. This, this is, is this, this is, is the is last one. Eight. Yeah.
1: Okay. So good for me, Imelda Staunton as Dolores Umbridge.
0: I hate Umbridge, but, she's, but you're supposed you're to. Supposed to. Yeah. Um,
1: the events of the previous movie, like Cedric dying, actually carry over, which is amazing. Like the only time that that happens, the first scene is Harry like being distraught over the events of the last movie.
0: That's uh, when the dementia comes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Luna Lovegood is the best. Yep. Um, Very well cast. Luna's great. And um, I think more... I think Gary Oldman does a good job in this movie, making up for the lost ground from the past movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's well paced. The interesting thing about this movie is it's the longest book, but the
0: second shortest movie. That is interesting. Um, I just thought this movie was kind of blah. Like, I just
1: thought... It doesn't... Not a whole lot happens.
0: Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Yep, yep. I like the ministry building. I think that's a cool setting. Really cool scene. Really Uh, cool scene. Yeah. Uh, Sirius dies, that's sad. Maybe it would have been more sad if they actually showed Gary Oldman in the fourth movie.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Uh, And you've got those hilarious, memeable... Uh, Voldemort making faces in Harry's mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the highlight of the movie for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Fred and the two, the two best Voldemort things are him going bah, and <laughs> and him going oh, ha, ha. And, Harry Potter is dead oh, ha, ha. Yeah. Uh Yeah, no. Uh, the other highlight is Fred and George messing with Umbridge during the OWLS. The yes, yeah. really good triumphant
1: um, scene in like a really bleak movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, this begins the sort of "quote wave the wands to send projectiles" end quote fad that ends up happening throughout the entire rest of the series. Yep. In the books, wizards must almost always cast a spell, like they must verbalize what spell they are casting, and not just wave their wands at each other like like their pistols. Yeah. Um, that's really it. Makes the fights really interesting in the books, and makes them really boring in the movies.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Um, Harry isn't nearly enough of a dickhead in this movie. He's supposed to be like insufferable really? in the books. He's awful. And at like her, and it really tests the friendships of Ron and Hermione. Like he's always just screaming at them, but that's because Voldemort is like trying to invade his mind. Yeah. Um, Arthur Weasley's injury isn't nearly frightening enough um, in the book. when I mean, in the movie he's hurt. And then like the next scene he gets plopped down in a chair and he's fine. That's, okay i guess but you also skip there's a a visit to um the the wizarding hospital in the um book where they see gilderoy lockhart post obliviation they see neville longbottom's parents and obviously they see um arthur weasley as he's been attacked by nagini the snake it's a really powerful scene in the book that i think could have added a lot of stakes to the entire series of like this is sort of the collateral damage of Voldemort. I mean, look at Neville's parents. They have been tortured to the point of insanity. Mm-hmm. They've been tortured to the point where they don't remember who their son is. They give him like pieces, like like candy wrappers as presents. Like it's really, it's really sad, and it really gives you a a an, a, a perspective on this the, the the impact that Voldemort has and his and his followers have. Another nitpicky thing is that um, in the book. Sirius is hit by like a spell, just a spell, and falls into that veil, and then is dead. Yeah. But in the book, he's hit. I mean, the movie, he's hit by Avada Kedavra and then falls into the veil. But he doesn't immediately die when he's hit by Avada Kedavra, which is just That's not wrong. what's supposed to happen. Yeah. He like gets hit and he's like, it's like he's been shot, and he like sort of is like, uh, and then falls into the veil. But like, no, he's supposed to be dead, like on impact.
0: Yeah. No, what is you the use veil? Avada Kedavra, remind me the veil.
1: So the veil is that like curtainy thing. Yeah, no, I remember what but it like, is in the movie, but I don't think it, it's
0: but I don't think it's all that well explained in the movies. It's not, and it's not that well
1: explained in the book either. Okay. But, like, if you walk through it, you die. It's like the room of death. Okay. It's like it's like a execution chamber, basically.
0: So except it's automated.
1: Yeah, if pretty much. It, you, you walk die. through it, you're in the land of the dead, and you can't come back. Yeah. Um. So he gets hit by a spell and like sort of stumbles into it and is then dead. And Harry's like, "Well, is he going to come back?" And they're like, no, he's, he's gone, which yeah. is like way worse than him getting hit by the killing curse and then falling into it. Cause then Agreed. Because then it's like, well, wha- wha- um, just takes away the impact of that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: There's not too much else to say about this one unless you have more things to add. I thought the rumor requirement was a little lame. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. Like a, there's like a test dummy and that's it.
0: I'll tell you what's a good scene. is the, uh, the scene with uh, Dumbledore's army becoming a thing. Yeah, right. really good. With, with, like, the Patronus spells. That's an interestingly shot scene. Yes. Uh, yes. Where, you know, like, everyone's... I, I who, Who's a rabbit?
1: No. Um, yeah. Luna has, like, an otter, I think. Oh, oh. no, no.
0: Her, uh, Hermione's an otter.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. And Luna's might be a, the rabbit. Yeah. Ron's is, like, a stallion. Yeah, really cool yeah. stuff. And But all it's all, personal. like,
0: one shot. Yeah. It's really cool. David really Yates has well
1: some nice moments, like, behind the camera, I think, in some of these movies. Yeah. Not a whole lot of personality to his direction, but, like, there are definite... Nice technical aspects to his direction, and
0: then the last thing I'll just note is that in the uh, fireworks scene with mm-hmm. uh, you know Umbridge that we talked about earlier, they the last firework is a dragon that goes and attacks uh, Umbridge and eventually destroys all the her dumb rules. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of almost called back when Voldemort uh, has his fire snake thing. And oh he, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, fight yeah, with yeah. Dumbledore, and I don't know, I can't think of why they would do that but like I don't think there are any conclusions to be drawn from this other than the fact that it was an interesting choice and I'm not sure why they did
1: it. Yeah, um, really cool scene too. Oh, great scene. And that's sort of what wizarding battles are kind of supposed to be like. Yeah. Which is why it stands out so much in this movie but also like shouldn't. Yeah. I mean they're obviously very very powerful wizards. Like the two most powerful wizards going at it. But you notice that they're not just going like of and like just throwing shit at each other yeah it they're goes like, they're like like manipulating the world around them yeah fire which is what wizarding battles are supposed to be
0: yeah fire then water he gets trapped in the water then yes. glass yeah and then he turns the glass so to sand cool. and that's it yeah but yeah. like
1: but like that's what wizarding like that's what wizarding weaponry is like
0: and that's sweet yeah minus I'm the killing you. curse
1: it's not just like waving your wands around having sparks fly out and like causing damage
0: yeah yeah um, yeah agreed
1: so that's a frustrating development. Okay, question me. for you: sure. Is
0: Neville hot yet? He's not hot yet, right? Not yet. When does he's, is, he's is, getting there? Neville's hot? hot in seven? Is it yeah? He's definitely hot in seven. That's clear. But he's is he's not hot in six? No, because like think so because because he's super hot when he kills. Uh, yeah, he's super when hot. he kills. <laughs> yeah, Nag- when he kills Nagini. Nagini, He's like
1: yeah. Mm, it's like K O. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. All right. Cool. Do you want to move on to six?
0: Sure. This is where my notes get real sad. So like. I can continue to talk about them and I know about them, oh, you but mean my like notes are worse. They get limited. Okay, yeah. that's
1: fine. I can go on about this movie for decades.
0: Okay. Um, this is my second worst. Okay, this, and is, this my, is your worst. This is my worst. Yeah. By far. Yeah.
1: Um, the good. Third best score, in my opinion, behind the first two movies. Interesting. Um, it's it's much more. It's a lot of ostinatos, like sustained notes, and like a lot more. Um, a lot less in the forefront of the movies, but um, very haunting and very nice. Um Jim Jim Broadbent is very good. and I think the decision to make Slughorn a bit more comical and cartoony is a smart one because in the books, I could imagine him translating to the screen very poorly. Yeah, he's kind of boring. He's kind of a stiff.
0: Kind of like the color palette in this movie. You kind of like it? No, kind of like oh. the color palette in this movie. Yes,
1: the color pa- it looks <laughs> like it's shot through an Instagram filter.
0: <laughs> it does.
1: Um, what do you got?
0: Uh yeah, I thought this movie was kind of stinky. I I don't know. I I to be clear to start, I don't hate any of these movies, and I don't love any of these movies because mm-hmm. they're all enjoyable to watch, in my opinion. Uh yeah, I I I I just don't think this movie works all that well. I I don't know why. Like I, I yeah, that's that's all I got. Um yeah. This oh m- sorry. I sure. like the scene with. With uh, Dumbledore drinking the water to get to the uh... yeah, very good yeah, that's an awesome scene.
1: Feels a bit unearned because like it's part of the book and like you have to have that scene. But uh, I'll go on. This movie misses the point of the book entirely. Okay, tell um, me more. It doesn't set up for Deathly Hallows in the slightest. Um, the Dumbledore and Harry go into like seven or eight different memories to find out more about Voldemort. Yeah, and I don't know what the decision was with David Yates thinking that that wouldn't matter to audiences. Like, I think if you're here, if you're in movie number six, you care enough to want to, like, do the boring stuff a bit more. Yeah. Like, visiting Voldemort's mom's house and, like, seeing how Voldemort's mom lived and then seeing Tom Riddle Sr., who was, like, rich and living in a mansion. And so Tom Riddle's mom gives... I mean, sorry. Voldemort's mom gave Tom Riddle Sr. a love potion so that he would fall in love with her. They make Tom Riddle Jr., a.k.a. Lord Voldemort, and then Tom Riddle Sr. is like, bye, I'm not in love with you, and that makes Voldemort resentful, and you learn so much more about why he's so damn evil. Yeah. And in this book, it just feels like he's just checking boxes. In the movie, you mean? So, I'm sorry, yes. In the movie, yeah. he feels like he's just checking boxes of like what the plot line is, but not understanding why they're so important. Yeah. And I have a theory. J.K. Rowling was only credited as based on the novels by until Deathly Hallows Part 1 and I wonder if she thought that she had to have a little bit more of a handle on how these movies were going after seeing this one. That's possible. I think it missed the point entirely. Um, Dumbledore's death feels really synthetic and it's not supposed to. It's supposed to be like he's pleading for his life but it sounds more like he's begging him to kill him.
0: But it wasn't it was supposed to be Snape that killed him. Dumbledore wanted Snape Yes,
1: to kill yes, him. yes. But in the Book it's framed as though, first of all, Harry like is said. Harry is immobilized. Yeah, Dumbledore. His last spell he ever uses in his lifetime is to keep Harry from interfering. But in the movie, he's just standing there watching. He
0: just hushes him.
1: Yeah, um, and so he sort of says, "Severus, please, like, kill me instead of Severus, please do not kill me." So you never really think Snape's evil. I never thought he. I never. I, at least I never got the impression that anyone ever would. Um, in the book. No, in the movie, you oh. never think he's evil. Okay. In the book, you're like, fuck this guy.
0: I think you're supposed to think he's evil in the movie, and I think it works somewhat.
1: Okay, um, okay. That's good to know, because yeah. I, I, at, at that point, I had finished the book series.
0: I mean, he still pals around with, like, Bellatrix. That's true. And that's evil enough. Yeah, but, yeah. like,
1: kind of resents her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, 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 I do have some points, I remembered, after, okay. yeah, after, after re-thinking about it a little bit. Uh the main point is this feels like a worse version of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one in a lot of ways, like like the teenage angst stuff. Oh, like um, the romance, like the yeah. love potion and the, and the romance with Ginny. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, I think it's out of place and I think the next movie does it a lot better. Yeah. Um,
1: and we'll talk about the next movie.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much that. Uh, that's kind of what I, when I was kind of re re, um, reminding myself about this movie, that's kind of the main thing I got. It's like, why is this happening right now? Mm-hmm. I get that it happens in the books and it probably happens more naturally in the books, but in the movie it's like, oh, like Draco and Harry being angsty and, and fighting and then, oh, there's a love potion and oh, yeah. like Harry and Ginny are a thing now. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so I think, I'm not such a book purist where I hate when the movies deviate from the books. I do think... That this movie deviates from the book the most excessively and the least necessarily. Jim Broadbent aside, the borough gets blown up in this m- in this movie like halfway through, for whatever purposes. Because it's back in Hallow's, it's fine. They have a wedding there and everything. It's, yeah. There's no circumstances. There are no effects of this attack on the borough. Um. And it's like a 15 minute action sequence that I feel like David Yates thought. Audiences will be bored without it, but in place of that, you could have had Tom Riddle going to visit this woman named Hepzibah Smith, who has the gu- the Hufflepuff's cup and Slytherin's locket, and there you know those are two Horcruxes. You learn that in the book, but in the m- in th- in the movie, and we'll see later they're going to Bellatrix's vault to get this cup from Hufflepuff, and you're like, fucking why?
0: Yeah, how do
1: they know that that's that that's a Horcrux? You have no idea. Yeah, um, just things like that. I just thought that this. David Yates had less faith in his audience than I think he should have.
0: Yeah. I think yeah, I think they can hand wave it and say Hermione's smart. Yeah.
1: yeah. Less faith in the power that this book has over the series despite not being the most like intrinsically exciting. Yeah. Or action packed book. Like respect and understand the power that it has over the rest of the series and I think he misses the point entirely here and that's why I do not like this movie. Gotcha.
0: And it's your favorite book.
1: Yes. And I don't think it functions as a movie. Okay. like as a part of the series in okay. general like okay. it's it's not just cuz it deviates from the book that much i think it's i think it's the worst movie it yeah. feels more like a like a cabaret than a than the than the plot
0: line all, all right
1: yeah next harry Seven, potter and one. the deathly hallows part 1
0: yeah so this the, these two parts they kind of move back into the mythology Which is something that I was I was drawn to initially.
1: J.K. Rowling getting more involved.
0: Yeah, and I and that's I think that's the beauty of Harry Potter. It's got this beautiful history and it's a history of magic. So all the cool stuff from the past is all magical and sweet. Yeah, and like the Deathly Hallows are more interesting than the Horcruxes in my opinion. Okay, and uh, the Horcruxes are you know the the Deathly Hallows are barely talked about if if at all in the first six movies. Right. they are I mean, not talked about it yeah. until
1: the seventh book either
0: they they even the elder wand correct wow
1: okay yeah big gambit for jk rowling there to introduce these huge these hugely important tri- trifecta of objects in the seventh book
0: yeah it's but yeah. weird but uh, but that's I, I i do think it works in these and like the fact is that they're very interesting its presentation
1: now. is really good yeah 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 this oh, is number, the, the cartoon thing this is number 1 for me
0: this is number 2 for me
1: um this, this movie rocks. This is the Empire Strikes Back of the series.
0: Yeah. Um, I think this is the twilight of the series. But in a good way.
1: Um, I think it gives you the best idea of how absolutely hopeless the situation is. Yeah. How much of an uphill battle they're fighting.
0: It does do that. They
1: have... Here's what they have at the beginning of this movie. They have an idea of what the locket they're looking for is. Yeah, But the one that they have is fake. Yeah. They have three initials. R.A.B. Yep. And they know that there's five or six more out there. Yep. Hopeless. Yep. And it, it captures that really, really well. It does.
0: Well, that's... And that's kind of where I was getting this Twilight thing, which I'm mostly joking about. Yeah. Uh, but, like...
1: infamously, they also did the part one, part two.
0: Yeah. and But also, like, you know, it's much more about the characters, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Yes. You know, and it does a great job of, like, how do these three people get along? How are these... How have these people grown together? and you know that's my jam i love you know thinking i love learning about people and how they interact and mm-hmm. and how they grow mm-hmm. and i think this movie does a fantastic job with this it's my the 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 scene of the series for me might be when Harry and Hermione dance to Oh, Children by Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds. Yeah, really nice. Uh, it's beautiful. It's just a glorious, glorious, beautiful scene.
1: The scene of the series might be, for me, when Hermione obliviates her parents. Yeah. Um, really, really brutal, and that does not happen in the book. That yeah. was David Yates and maybe J.K. Rowling like teaming up together and saying, like, the stakes need to be set here. And that's a devastating scene that I think really captures the 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 stakes that, that are there. Yeah. For this this two part. movie. I'm with
0: you there. That scene oh. was really, really, really hard. Good. It was brutal.
1: Really good yeah. really well scored. Alexandre Desplat does the, uh, does the scores for these two movies. He's great.
0: He's really good. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan yeah. of his Yeah too.
1: He he sort of adds the more thematic stuff in. Yeah. Um, he writes more themes I think for these two movies.
0: Now, um,
1: the bad is that it's still half a movie. Yeah. Um, it ends it ends on a kind of a cliffhanger. Um, ends, I think, in the best place it prob- probably could.
0: Yeah. I think the Dobby dying thing maybe mm-hmm. was a little unearned. Yes, uh, I agree. He's yeah. just a
1: cute little, like, bunny person. But yeah, he's...
0: and he doesn't really exist in the movies other than movie two.
1: Yeah, he's in the books, like, four, five, and six.
0: Yeah, so I felt like that was unearned. Uh, that's the the ending was probably the weakest for me, although it was still sad and effective, mm-hmm. like, because this is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really liked Godric's Hollow. I thought that whole stuff, that whole bit, yeah. in Godric's Hollow was with, amazing. With
1: Bethilda Bagshot, yeah, being a with, snake. With real Bethilda, scary,
0: yeah, Bethilda Bagshot in air quotes, yeah, because uh, it's not real. Her, scary. It's a snake.
1: Real scary. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I, and Godric's Hollow is beautiful. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful place, and I think it's really well shot, and the snow and around Christmas and oh, uh, yeah.
1: And they like they um they like blast through a wall into like a baby's room, like yeah, it gives you the impression that like. No, people are still like trying to live everyday lives. Yeah, um, which is just so—it's so good. It's so, like, I hate the word gritty, but like this is the grittiest movie because y- it's the most real. Yeah, it makes the thing feel the most grounded.
0: And the and the main three characters are the most—they act in the most human way. Yes. of any movie. Yeah,
1: they're kind of caricatures in the others. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. What do you think of like the weird scene, like the weird? projections that Ron sees when he's going to destroy the uh the watch. I the, love it.
1: I love that. I locket. think when the horcruxes get destroyed it's some of the coolest animation in the movies. Yeah. Um I like the idea of this horcrux is doing everything it can to Stay alive.
0: Yeah, I wish that and and like
1: using like the manipulation that Voldemort has because he's a brilliant wizard and very smart but very evil. Yeah, and like that seventh of his soul that's in that locket. is like so powerful.
0: And I wish they they all knew. Yeah, I and I wish they knew that that's what it was going to be like back in movie two when he destroyed the the diary. Yeah, yeah, which we know, which we didn't know at the time was a horcrux, obviously. Right. But how sweet would it have been if, like, you know, Harry's parents came out and it's like, don't destroy this so we can come back to life or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not J.K. Rowling, well, so the, I don't know. The
1: Resurrection like, Stone still allows them to sort of come back, and that was also a Horcrux. It was on his ring. The, right. The yeah, the house.
0: Right. I, and, uh, that's true, but I, I more meant, like, how cool would that have been in movie two if they knew that that's the direction that – the series was going to go in would have been really cool if they did it and did not explain it until later yeah yeah that's kind of
1: which is why i'm kind of hoping for like an amazon series or like an hbo series because now that you have the bookmarks yeah and you have the sort of events that happen in between you don't have to sort of guess yeah because the first movie like the the movies were pretty consistently like three books behind yeah until obviously the books ended yeah and that's when I think they became the most cogent with each other. Yep. Um but yeah. And that's
0: why and I kind of wish they started the movies later for that reason. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah. I mean it wouldn't exist as we know them now. Emma Watson would not be a household name, nor would Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint still isn't a household name. <laughs> I love I him though. <laughs> he went and bought an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like it's like it's like it I mean it's kind of like the same problem that Game of Thrones is running into now. It's like uh
1: they're out of yeah. They ran out of like they ran yeah. out of material. Yeah. It's
0: like in the first in the first movie or in the first series of Game of Thrones. Not that there's a Game of Thrones podcast. Like they knew exactly what was happening and they just tried to do a good job of making it like the books, which I also haven't read, and I hear. But they but the, the first season's amazing and yeah. now they kind of just like don't know where they're going, and I guarantee the ending of the books or. Because they're ending the books later, it's like they could be completely different. If and ever, yeah. And, yeah, and 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 yeah, it's just like they had no clue where they were going in the beginning, and I think that's evident in the Harry Potter series as well. Yeah, they I agree. Just had no clue where they were going. I
1: agree. Which is, but I think I think the nice thing here is that, or with with more long form TV, is that you don't need to wait like two three years to see the next like two hours of this thing you're waiting for. Yeah, where you're like. Like like Lupin comes back in Order of the Phoenix and I wouldn't blame anybody for being like, Who the fuck is that guy? I yeah. haven't seen him for six years. Yeah. Um but like Harry Potter fans are gonna be like, Oh my god, Lupin's back But like if you're just a if you're just a movie watcher, you're gonna be like, I don't think I know who that guy is. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, like I, I listen to I keep up with Michael Schur a lot. He's mm-hmm. the showrunner of the good place and yeah. you know, other things as well, but Anyway, he's always talking about, like, you need to know where it's going when you're writing a fantasy thing. You mm-hmm. need to know where it's going before you get there because otherwise it's not cogent like that. It doesn't make any sense. And I guess he learned that from um, the guy who made Lost and then the Leftovers. Um, J.J. Abrams. Made no, Lost. no, no, he, it's the other dude. Uh,. Give me a sec. Oh, like but anyway, how Lost kind of went but off but the rails. Exactly because they started off like, "Hey, this is a cool idea," but they didn't have an, a direction for it. Right. A Tom Parada. Da- no, no, sorry. Damon Lindelof is the guy who, um, yeah, he was the showrunner of Lost, and then he was also the showrunner of um, the Leftovers. There's
1: evidence in the books that J.K. Rowling knew exactly what was going to happen. Okay, which is interesting because, like in the in the very first book, there's a scene where. Hagrid, I mean Harry's like, why does Snape hate me, Hagrid? And, yeah. and Hagrid's like, He doesn't hate you, but like sort of like looks away and is like
0: Sure. Kind I, of
1: like shady about it. You yeah. know? And it's made a point. It was like Harry noticed that Hagrid didn't look him in the eyes. Yeah. And you're like in hindsight, reading that back, you're like, Holy shit, she knew Snape's storyline writing this book, you know, nine years before she wrote the other
0: one. Right. But I'm not sure she knew like horcruxes and like I don't know. I just think it's. I mean, I don't think it. it it's a huge problem. I just yeah. like think how cool would it have been if like, you know, when Harry destroys the the you know the diary that like mm-hmm. it behaves the same way as the other Horcruxes or, yeah. you, know, you know, it sort of did via
1: the um the the impression of Tom Riddle yeah where he was like don't do that he was like stop and Harry was like you. Yeah, that's true. All right, we'll move on to
0: movie number eight. Yep, Deathly Fine Hallows
1: movie. Part Two. Where? Yeah. Where's this for you?
0: This is number four for me. I number
1: believe. four for me as well. This is our hey. first one. I think we've gotten we've gotten the same.
0: Hey. Woo! Um, yeah,
1: good. I don't think it's ever really boring. Nope, it's an action the, movie. The destruction of the Horcruxes looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a it's just a nice solid ending. Um, yeah, and it's it's climactic, and it checks all the boxes it needs to check. Yep, um, I could have maybe even used for a bit more of the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah,
0: um, Finds is great. Finds is always. really good. Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I could have maybe used a bit more of the the Battle of Hogwarts. Um, it just feels like it's it's begun and over in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, and like I'm thinking back on other climactic battles of long movie series, and like the Battle of Pelennor Fields in Lord of the Rings is like half an hour long. Um, maybe they think people get bored again. I think that's having not a lot of faith in their audience. I think if you have an audience here that's sat through seven movies now and is here for part two of your finale, they're here to see some action and some epic stuff and they get, they, they do it. They make it happen. I could have just used a little bit, little bit more.
0: Yeah. I, I guess I didn't get that as much just cause I, 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 it was the only thing I knew and I thought it would well. 12, mm-hmm. um, yeah I I, le- I don't think there is all that much to this movie uh, it is That's true it is an action movie The only thing that doesn't really work is like the weird thing in, in Harry's head with Dumbledore in that oh, train thing. yeah
1: King's Cross yeah
0: yeah yeah and I, I, I don't think that worked that well in the movie in that it's not really all that explained mm-hmm. but I, I don't have any problems other than that and I and I and I like the Deathly Hallows as a concept I yeah. love the idea of like these three. Items that help you escape death. I love this mythology of it. I, yeah. I've gone back and been back to that over and over again, and I kind of wish that the Fantastic Beasts movies had more of that.
1: And I guess they'll okay. get
0: there with this Grindelwald stuff, and and, I and, hope and so. Dumbledore's in this movie as well. Yep. So hopefully, we learn a little more about like you know the Wizarding World and and what you know has gone into it. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this movie. This was a blast of a movie.
1: I think this feels a bit more like half of a movie than part one does. Okay. Um,
0: That's fair. Well, because the sh- there's no beginning.
1: Yeah. It's the shortest one. Yeah. And um, I think it maybe is even a bit frenetic. Like, it's too much of an action movie. Like, they packed all the action that was maybe left out of part one into part two. Yeah, And it's just sort of maybe even, like, a little bit exhausting. Yeah. Um, into, in, into that, I feel like it goes by too fast. Yeah, um, it's the shortest one. It's two hours and twenty minutes long, which is like not short by any means, but yeah. it does feel like it goes by really fast. Which, in some ways, is nice, but in some ways, is not for a yeah. fin- for a finale.
0: That's fair. It's not a flashy ending.
1: No, certainly not. Um, and I added Fantastic Beasts to my list. Talk about it. that's number five for me. Um,
0: that's the good,
1: high. I, the good, pretty plot hole free. Um. It's nice when you don't have to base a movie off of a book because yeah. you don't get to leave anything out. Um, <laughs> every character in this movie, I think, is really likable. Yeah. Um, I think it's paced pretty nicely. The costuming looks so good. I think the costuming, I think they won the Academy Award for it. Um, really, really good. Um, or wait, maybe it was Suicide's No, Suicide Squad did ma- makeup and hair. Um, I think
0: that movie sucked.
1: the expansion of the universe without adding something crazy new that we had that we would have heard of before is really nicely done. Um, The bad, the dialogue is sometimes not great. Um, For example, Queenie Goldstein at some point goes, what's a Niffler? And then Tina replies with, don't ask. Well, like she already fucking did. (laughs) Um, Dialogue's never been Rowling's strong suit. Um, She, the dialogue in the books is not great. Um, And that sort of appears most blatantly here because it's a screenplay. Yeah. Um, I also heard that Cursed Child was also not great because it's, entirely dialogue as well. Yeah. Um, I could also see how it could be confusing with like what an Obscurus is, um, which is what Credence, Credence is. Um, m- maybe we'll learn more from um, Crimes of Grindelwald. I don't know. Yeah. But I like Fantastic Beasts a lot. It's super charming. Um, and like it goes back to sort of the roots of the series, which were like nice little adventure movies with like weird little goofy creatures and like maybe some sinister stuff. But most of this movie is pretty lighthearted. And that's kind of like how Sorcerer's Stone was.
0: Yeah, and I highly doubt that the next one will be.
1: No, I doubt it as well. And I'm hoping it's not.
0: You know, and it's interesting. Uh, what was Fantastic Beasts? Like, let's see, Rotten Tomatoes. It's
1: like somewhere in the 70s, I think.
0: Yeah, 74. I I Part of me wonders, like, because all the Harry Potter movies are, like, fresh and have good reviews. And mm-hmm. I think it, maybe it's just, like, you know, it's blasphemous to give Harry Potter a bad review because it's so popular, and it's like, why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know why these movies got that much worse reviews. I don't really know either.
1: They're not that different. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if people were like, oh, yeah, Harry Potter's on the screen. Like, this is good. I don't really love the rating system from... Rotten Tomatoes because this is such a...
0: Yeah, it has lots of problems.
1: Well, and uh, especially for these movies because they have such like a focused fan base. Yeah. Like, Deathly Hallows Part 1 has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score by a pretty big margin. It does. But like, I think it's the best like film of the franchise. So that's interesting. Like, that's, I feel like Deathly Hollows Part 1 would be the most, like, critically friendly one.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, the same with, like, Marvel movies, that they all get good reviews, and it's confusing. Because I think there are... I, I enjoy the Harry Potter movies probably more than I enjoy the Marvel movies. And I think the
1: yield of Harry Potter movies
0: is better. What do you mean? Like, like oh, you mean, like, like they're all... There good? are
1: more good Harry Potter movies of the selection than there are good Marvel movies of the selection.
0: I think, like, Marvel movies are all fine, and, like... They shouldn't be getting, like, fantastic reviews. So, like and, and, and I think the Harry Potter movies are all good, but they're not, like, freaking amazing. And they don't, like, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I, I would be fine if the ratings were higher for Fantastic Beasts just because, like, they accomplish the goal, which is make a fun, good movie that's good for all ages. And, and it's a magical world, and it's fun. And, like,
1: it's pretty original, I mean, it's not like it's not groundbreaking in terms of storytelling, but isn't that still something, something to be celebrated? Yeah. Like, don't don't we still want more like original pop, like as you say, popcorn movies? Don't we still want ones that aren't based off of anything? Yeah. I mean, it takes place in the Wizarding world of Harry Potter, but like we get one mention of Albus Dumbledore in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and that's like the only connection that's there. Yeah. They talk about Hogwarts a little bit, but it's like school's been open for like a cent for like centuries. Yeah, you know they're gonna mention Hogwarts.
0: Didn't I see? I saw something when I was re-watching, preparing for the schedule. Oh, it was Ollivanders. Ollivanders was founded in three eighty two B C. Yeah, that's insane.
1: Yeah, I want to. I want to learn more about ancient wizards.
0: <laughs> like the, that's like older than anything in mug in mug in the Muggle world by like two thousand years.
1: Right. I'm trying to learn more about ancient.
0: That'd be sweet. Time periods, like the ancient uh, Egyptian uh, wizards, that'd be hilarious. It's alluded to in the books. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like Her- um, Hermione takes ancient runes, and she learns about like other wizarding cultures.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting. I but, doubt they do it. Yeah. But now, okay, it'd be cool. We need to. I think we need to wrap up. I agree. But what do? you, Okay, few questions, few wrap-up sure. questions. Favorite Harry Potter character. Ooh, and and and, what would you like the next thing to be about? You know, would you like it to be about the past? Would you like it to be about, you know, the Potter Weasley family kids and, and and that kind of thing? What would you like that to be about? And so there's my two follow-up questions.
1: Okay, cool. I like those. I like both those questions. Um, my favorite Harry Potter character in the books is Jenny Weasley.
0: Okay. Wow. She
1: sucks in the movies.
0: Yeah, she's nothing in the
1: um, movies. She's awesome in the books. She's okay. the best. Um, cool. Close contenders, Sirius Black and Remus Lupin.
0: Yeah. I um, like
1: Lupin. Nymphadora Tonks is also up there. She's really cool. Yeah. I like the Orders a lot. Yeah. So my, next, Moody. my next thing that I want to know a lot about, know a little bit more about, rather, is the original Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. The sort of Sir- Sirius, the Potters, the Longbottoms.
0: And Voldemort. Yeah. And how, and how he, and the original kind the, of fight. The, the
1: first Wizarding War is what they call it. Yeah want yeah. to I want to learn more about that I want to see that come alive and maybe I'm in the minority there because it's been explained a little bit in the books and in the movies and like the past but um, we learned about the Clone Wars in the first Star Wars movie and they gave us three movies about the Clone Wars yeah that's for, true. for better or worse yeah um, I would like to see that that'd be kind of cool
0: yeah I think I'm with you I think I think learning more mythology like I think I think an anthology series would be really cool. Ooh,
1: I like that a lot. Right? Yeah.
0: Where you just like this season is about the Deathly Hallows, and and maybe not like an AHS type thing. Like, yeah, or well, in my mind, like a Fargo thing. Okay, but yeah, (laughs) but
1: but seasonal, not 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 episodic. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I think think that sounds really cool because I would like the amount of stuff that J.K. Rowling has posted on Pottermore, her website of like the Harry Potter universe. The amount of like original content she's had is like amazing. Yeah, like, she has the like like I said this earlier. She has the list of previous ministers of magic for the past like thousand years. Yeah. So there's obviously things happening in that time frame. You've created these characters with like Greek names or whatever. They're you know
0: yeah. I don't know. Agreed. Now, but, is Fudge the worst character
1: in the in the book overall?
0: it's umbridge umbridge is terrible
1: and like that's an easy answer but it's because she chooses to be the worst
0: yeah she is the worst Voldemort
1: is is like the embodiment of evil but dolores umbridge has like agency over how horrible she is yeah
0: also it's like there's this interesting thing where it's like being evil or good doesn't make you any better or worse to watch necessarily right like Obviously dumb or uh Voldemort is a lot more evil than Umbridge but I freaking love Voldemort. Yeah. I, I mean, hate Umbridge. She's I, yeah. irredeemable. Yeah. Ray, Ray fines is so fun to watch as Voldemort. Yeah. I could I could just watch a a, a Fiennes fines Voldemort.
1: I want to say. see the lights leave your
0: eyes yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh my god. Can we do a thing where he's the protagonist? <laughs> That'd be great from Baldy's view. Yeah. So
1: who's your favorite character, and what would? And you you said you'd like to see an anthology series. So
0: I think my my like my first go through the first time when I was a true sad boy, it was uh, Snape. Snape. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like the quintessential sad boy. <laughs> he is the saddest. Yeah, boy. <laughs> he is. He he is literally living his life in the way he is because of someone who didn't love him. Like. 40 fucking years ago. Yeah,
1: and fell in love with, like, his arch nemesis. <laughs> Get
0: over it. Yeah. So now I don't feel that way anymore. And it, it's a harder question now. Maybe Hermione. I know Hermione's she's annoying the in the beginning, but, she's like, the by the end, she's the bomb. Uh, and I think I think it's really cool. I mean, you know, it's not – like, it would be more surprising if the, these books were written by a man. But – uh, still awesome that, like, the clearly, like, the cool, like, the best, most promising young wizard, the smartest. Yeah. Is a woman. And, I think and that's is
1: muggle born. And is a badass. And she's muggle born. Yeah. And that's supposed to be, like, the inhibitor.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. No, so, Hermione's a good choice.
0: Hermione's great.
1: I was looking more like second tier characters. Yeah. Just because they don't get as much of the spotlight. But I her- like Lupin, Hermione's too. an excellent choice. Lupin's the shit.
0: Yeah. I like David Thewlis. Um,
1: yeah lupin's really great um lupin you should read the books if you like lupin
0: yeah yeah well i read i read uh through four and then some five Because, so. like in
1: harry's harry is lupin and tonks's kid's godfather oh yeah like, at the end of the, like lupin and harry are like really close in the bu- in the
0: in the books yeah it's sad that uh they die
1: which is just sort of, like, shoehorned into the movies. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're dead. Can, oh, we, yeah. can you hang out with our kid? <laughs>
0: why why is, do we find out that Lupin died in the same scene that we find out Lavender Brown died?
1: Like, No, we find out that Lupin died when he turns on the Resurrection Stone and they're
0: there. Oh, that's when we find... No, I thought there was a scene where it was, there like... There is a scene
1: where you see both of them, like, lying down. Died. Yeah. Um, I think that's after the Resurrection Stone scene. Oh, really? Died. Yeah.
0: Huh. Um, I don't remember that. But... It's like Lupin, lavender brown.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Jesse K is pretty good in uh, Half Blood Prince, though. As lavender yeah. brown, she's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, one one. <laughs> he senses my presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who we didn't talk about at all either is Cho Cho Chang. Cho Chang. Yeah,
1: she's pretty cool in the books. She's not as cool in the movies.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, she's also the one that rats them out in she the does.
0: movie, but it's not her fault. She's like she's Andre, on the she's yeah.
1: on the serum, yep. but it actually is like her friend that doesn't want to be there who rats them out. Oh, uh, it's just a bit more evil. Like it's it's just a bit more sucky because like it's one of their peers who yeah. was like and and wasn't under any sort of influence.
0: Yeah, she just went and was like,
1: "Hey, they're doing this behind your back."
0: Yeah, that does suck. Oh well. And then like
1: Harry just kind of stops talking to her after that, and it's like, dude, that's victim blaming. Like that's bad yeah in the movies in the yeah. in, in, in the movie it's like oh yeah you use the Veritaserum serum on cho chang and harry doesn't make any sort of effort to be like hey i'm real sorry i sort of blew you off i uh, thought you rather this out
0: that's like one step above if like voldemort imperius cursed her and he blamed her for that right yeah Awful. it's like what the hell harry sucks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well on that note <laughs> yeah harry potter sucks <laughs> um well on that note, you know, I think maybe we call it a day here. Yeah. It's a this has been a longin' but yeah, but a but a longin' long
1: but a goodin. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I so hope, I hope so.
0: Yeah. Until next week, uh, stay distracted, everyone.